Well, my apologies, I don't have any cute songs to help you remember today's sermon, uh, like we did at VBS this week. Uh, but we're in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 12, and we'll read verses 35 through 48. And together this morning, we're still in this sermon series called Horse Pills from Jesus, as we are dealing with uh, these very difficult topics and subjects that Jesus is addressing with his disciples and those that are listening to him teach. Unless you think, I'm tinkering around here and just skipping uh, verses 22 through 34. If you go back, I think it was uh, the second week in January, we were in a sermon series called Anxious. And so we actually covered that passage during that sermon series, I do believe. So following upon uh, several messages that Jesus has taught us about whom we should fear and what we should not fear, Uh, This passage comes to our attention, Luke chapter 12, verses 35 and 48. Hear God's word this morning. Jesus says, "Stay stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, He would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Verse 41. And Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household? To give them their portion of food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming. I mean, begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And in an hour he does not know. And will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know, And did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Let's pray. Lord, this is a very difficult passage. 
that deals with a very difficult subject matter. Help my hands and my lips to handle it faithfully and appropriately. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us a receptive spirit to hear your word this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please don't. Please don't come back tonight. Lord Jesus, please, just don't come back tonight. Have you ever prayed that prayer? I have. I prayed that prayer every single night for about six or seven years of my life. When other people were going to bed and they were praying the prayer, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I was praying, Lord Jesus, please don't come back tonight. Why so? I was terrified. I was terrified of the thought of Jesus returning and me not being ready. This passage deals with the issue that ready or not, Jesus is coming again. And so the crucial issue for me and you that we need to face today is this. Are we ready? Because ready or not, someday Jesus will return. And what matters is that we're prepared. Now the good news is that if you're ready, it's not a day to be terrified. It's not a day to be feared, but rather it's a day to look forward to. You're to be excited, you're to be enthusiastic about the fact that someday you will see your Savior face to face. But if you're not ready... It's a day to be feared. It's a day to be dreaded. It's a day which you must get prepared. So what does it take to get prepared for Jesus' second coming? What does it take to be ready for Jesus when he comes? say there, there are three simple steps, so to speak, that we take. The first is that we admit that we're a sinner. That we admit that as sinners we deserve God's judgment. We deserve God's wrath, not only on that, that final day of judgment day, but for all of eternity. And secondly, do not, not only do we need to admit that we are sinners that deserve God's wrath and judgment, but... The scriptures exhort us to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we believe what the scriptures say about Jesus, that he is fully the Son of God and he's fully man. That he came as our new covenant head, our new representative, that he was going to represent us and succeed in all the places where Adam had failed in the garden. And thus, as Jesus perfectly kept God's moral law, he was able to offer himself appropriately as our substitutionary sacrifice in our place. That he thus can make atonement for our sins. That he could take the death penalty upon himself that we owed God for our rebellion against God. And thus, he can only offer us forgiveness of sin, the pardon of sin, 
But as the scriptures teach us about the double imputation of Christ's righteousness, that only would Jesus take upon himself our sin debt and pay the death penalty for our sin, but he could offer us his righteousness. So when God the Father looks upon us, he would not see us covered in sin, but he would see us clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so what does it take to get ready for Jesus to come? First, you admit that you're a sinner. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you commit yourself to him. Jesus said, repent and believe. To turn from ourselves, turn from trusting our own good works, trying to be a good person, trying to be a good religious person, and we trust in him alone. As our affirmation of faith said, what is faith in Jesus Christ? It's resting upon Jesus alone for our salvation. So my question to you this morning is, Are you ready? Have you admitted that you're a sinner in God's eyes and that you deserve God's judgment? If not, you need to today. Secondly, have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as the only way of salvation? If you have not, you need to do so today. Thirdly, have you committed yourself to Christ that you admit that you know that you'll never be good enough? You could never volunteer at enough vacation Bible schools. You can never put enough money in the offering plate but to ever earn God's salvation and earn God's forgiveness. But you simply trust in Jesus alone for your salvation. Scriptures tell us that's what it takes to be ready. Because one day Jesus is coming. And what matters most is whether or not we are ready. Church, are you ready? As Jesus teaches in verses 35 through 48, he highlights two main characteristics of those that are ready to see him when he returns. And I want to encourage those of you that feel as if you're not ready to to take the time, even through this sermon, to spend some time in prayer today. Admitting that you're a sinner, believing in Jesus, and committing your life to him. And if you've done that in today's service, I would love to hear from you at some point today or this week to follow up with you. But as Jesus unpacks his lesson, his sermon in verses 35 through 48, he highlights two main characteristics of those that are ready to see him when he returns. My outline today is a little bit... A little bit tough, but remember I had vacation Bible school for five days. And I've been prepping some seminars on the book of Revelation. So will you give me a little bit of slack today? Okay. I think these, these points are, are faithful to the text, but they're not as polished as I'd like to have them normally. What's the first characteristic of someone who is ready to meet Jesus? Well, in verses 35 through 40, we find that those that are ready to meet Jesus await 
preparedly. I know, that seems like an odd word. Await preparedly. What does that mean? It means that the way that they're waiting is that they're prepared and they're ready for Jesus to come back. There are two verbs in this passage, one in verse 35 and one in 40, verse 40, that are both present imperatives in the Greek, which means they're commands, but they're also commands that communicate the aspect of this needs to be a continual state in our lives. Look at verse 35. Jesus says, stay dressed for action. That's an imperative. In other words, be ready. Be prepared. And then in verse 40 he says, You also must be ready, for when the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. The verb there, you must be ready, is also a present imperative. What, in, what, what does that mean? Why is that significant? Jesus is commanding us that when he comes, we need to be prepared. But we need to be in a continual state of preparedness. And so Jesus unpacks here in verses 35 through 40 some cultural distinctives in that time. He says in verse 35, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. Uh, This upcoming weekend, I've got a wedding that I'm going to officiate or or conduct. Which is it for weddings? Anyway, anyway, you know what I mean. It's going to be basically a two-day endeavor. In the ancient Near East, wedding feasts could go on for numerous days. I've actually read in some parts that it could almost be a week-long celebration. Wouldn't the fathers hate that this day and age, right? It's already expensive enough as it is. And so the picture here is that the guests, the servants, don't know at what time the master's going to return. And so they had to be like Motel 6. They had to keep the light on for him, okay? The way they had to do that is they had to continuously keep the lamps burning. But notice what it says. And like the men, verse 36, who are waiting for their masters to come home for the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Verse 37, blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. The picture here is that for those that wore kind of like the old choir gowns that that some folks are wearing today, they had to keep their their gowns girded up so that their their running to the master, running to the door would not be impeded in any way, shape, or form. That they had to be in this constant state of preparedness, waiting on their master return from the wedding feast and celebration. What's the point Jesus is making? Just like those servants had no idea when their master was going to return back from the wedding feast. We have no idea when the Son of Man will return. So those that are ready to meet Jesus will await him. Not lazy, not lackadaisical, not yawning, not sleepy, but awaiting with a preparedness enthusiastic, excited to see him return. He mentions in this verse, in this passage of verse 38, that if he comes in the second watch or in the third watch and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. What does that mean? Well, in the ancient Near East, for the Jewish people, they divided the night up into three watches. The first watch would have been from about 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., which is somewhere around mine and Will Renfro's bedtime, correct? 
Okay, then the second watch would have been kind of around my wife's bedtime, sometime between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And then if you're a teenager still on summer break, you could keep the third watch, which is somewhere between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. What's the point Jesus is making? I could return at any given moment. And so you need to be prepared whether or not I come in the first watch, the second watch, or the third watch. But notice the turn of events that happens in this passage. That with the master comes in verse 37 and he finds his servants awaiting preparedly. What happens? There's a turn of events. It says that then the master will take on the servant clothes and he will begin serving his people. What's the point? Verse 40. You must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. I remember when Jennifer and I first started dating, it was about 27 years ago, and she would call me on a Saturday and ask me what, where we were going on our date. And I remember pulling around the corner of her parents' house and she would be waiting at her parents' door excited to see me. Now when I get home, Jack is waiting at the door excited to see me. Uh, not Jack Breed, by the way. Jack, my dog. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of awkward. But anyway... Uh, uh, But she was waiting expectedly. And I remember what's now my mother-in-law, Susan Faulkner, uh, kind of yelling at me before we got married. Boy, I I didn't realize how that was going to change after we got married. But anyway, uh, saying you don't realize how much time Jennifer spends just staring at the door waiting expectedly for you to come home. That is a picture, my friends, of how our hearts and our attitudes should be towards our Lord Jesus. That the next great big event on the timeline of redemptive history is the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And for those that have admitted our sinfulness, we believe in Jesus and we've committed our life to Christ, we should be excited and enthusiastic about his second coming. Our call to worship this morning was from Revelation chapter 22 when Jesus says, surely I am coming soon. And how do we respond this morning? Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Growing up, I used to attend Maranatha Baptist Church. Do you know what Maranatha means? Come quickly. Amazingly, they used to scare the tarnations out of me in that church. So I didn't want Jesus to return very soon. But as we read the scriptures, even though this is a horse pill for us to swallow, what Jesus teaches us in this passage is that if we've trusted in Christ for our salvation, you are ready. And you can wait enthusiastically because you're prepared. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Do you know what my ultimate job description is? 
I'm convinced that one of the greatest responsibilities I have as your pastor is to get you ready to die. I need to get you ready for the last day of your life. Because in some ways, the last day of your life is the most important day of your life. Because the last day of your life here is the first day of where you're going to spend the rest of eternity. Church, I love you. I want every single one of you to be ready. I want you to be ready to meet Jesus. That's the first characteristic of somebody who's ready to meet Jesus. They await preparedly. The second and final characteristic Jesus unfolds is in verses 41 through 48. And it's this, that people that are ready to meet Jesus, meet Jesus while they're serving faithfully. It's interesting what happens in verse 41. uh, Peter asks Jesus a question, and all the commentators are in agreement. They kind of chuckle, even in the commentaries, they go, Jesus doesn't exactly answer Peter's question the way Peter wants the question answered. Peter asks the question in verse 41, Lord, are you telling this parable for us, the disciples, or are you talking to everybody? And what does Jesus say? Basically, he goes, yes. (laughs) Okay, and Jesus says in verse 42, the Lord says this, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. There's something happening here in verse 42 I want you to, to, to take note of. The Greek word there for manager is also the same Greek word that's used for steward. And so the issue here is an issue of stewardship, which is precisely the point that Jesus makes in verse 48 when he says at the end of verse 48, everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. What's the issue there? The issue there is the issue of stewardship. It's the issue of responsibility. In other words, how well have you done with what you have been given by God? The picture in ver- here of verses 41 through 48 deals with the issue of stewardship and management by a slave of his master's possessions. In the ancient Near East, it was common for a trusted slave to be commissioned with the responsibility of the oversight of various duties of that master's household. And so, to whom much had been given, much will be required. Or to whom little was given, if he found himself to be faithful in the master's eyes, oftentimes the master then would give his slave more responsibility, more duties to fulfill. Makes sense? In other words, he kind of climbed his way up the corporate ladder, so to speak, of the ancient Near East. Isn't that kind of uh, one of our, our favorite sayings about our, our, our beloved sheriff, Grady Judd, that, that he started out as, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, you call the, the call center, what do you call that? Thank you, dispatcher. Have a little, still a little bit of COVID fog, brain a year later. Okay, thank you. Yeah, he started as, as a dispatcher, so, went on to become a deputy, and now sheriff, right? To whom much, little has been given, 
Little will be required, but if they find themselves to be faithful in that task and that responsibility, they eventually will be given more and more and more responsibility. What's true about us in our day-to-day relationships and our day-to-day operations is more importantly true of us and our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what matters most, if we're going to be ready to meet Jesus, when he returns or when he calls us home, we need to be found serving him faithfully. And I think you'll find this truth to ring clear throughout all the scripture uh, as you take a look at it. Look at verse 45. He says, but if the servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect and an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. Wow, that's harsh. That's a horse pill to swallow, isn't it? But I don't want you to miss what it says in the Greek in verse 45. When it says in the English, when he says to himself in the Greek, it says, he says in his heart. I'm okay. The master won't notice. Isn't that where the battle for faithfulness versus unfaithfulness begins and ends? It's in the heart. Friend, are you ready to meet Jesus? Whether the Lord calls you home today or Jesus returns today... Here's how I want Jesus to find you. I want Jesus to find you serving faithfully. Sometimes people say to me in in loving care, they say, Pastor, you look a little burdened today. I am. Because I really believe Jesus is real. I believe this book is true. And I believe that heaven and hell last for eternity. And there are some days I am burdened for you. Elders and deacons, do you feel the weight of responsibility of this church? You should. We are blessed with wonderful people in this church, in this church membership. We're blessed with a beautiful facility and a wonderful location. And we're blessed with amazing resources and I want to encourage the elders, the deacons, and and those of us on staff at this church that to whom much has been given, much will be required. All of our service to Christ in this church is a service of stewardship. Let us not get lazy. Let us not get drunk. Let us not be lackadaisical in the work before us. But let us be found by Jesus, serving faithfully. For those of you that helped out in... Vacation Bible School this week. I want to say thank you. And for some of you, maybe starting out this week at Vacation Bible School was the beginning of the Lord giving you some responsibilities around this church and in this church membership. And you have been found faithful in God's eyes. God be praised and you be thanked. Because what's going to happen over the next several months and next several years, you're going to find is that the Lord has found you faithful in little And so he's going to give you a little bit more. And if you're faithful there, a little bit more and a little bit more. 
Why? Because those that are ready to meet Jesus will meet Jesus serving faithfully. True story about a friend of mine by the name of Earlene. She is a retired minister's wife. She's not retired from being a wife. She's just, her husband's retired from ministry. But she's still got a big job ahead of her being his, uh, his wife. But Erlene has shared with me the story about something that their church did a number of years ago. There were about 20 women that were gathered together for like a circle, a connect group, a Bible study. And their leader of their group challenged each and every single one of the women with a $20 bill. And so, if I remember my math correct, 20 by 20 is 400. Did I get that correct? Okay, good. So, $400 was distributed to this circle. Each woman was given $20, and they were challenged with the task of investing that $20 into mission work. So, Earlene thought, what could she do to invest that money into missions? And Earlene has one of the most delicious chocolate pies you will ever taste in your life. I know, I've tasted it. And so Earlene took her $20 and she made as many chocolate pies as she could possibly make. And then she went to one of her friends who owned a local diner. And he, he put out for sale Earlene's chocolate pie. In fact, there were so many people that loved the chocolate pie that then Earlene had to take her own $20 and buy some more supplies for the chocolate pie. And eventually the, the diner owner said, I'll pay for the, the cost of the chocolate pies if you'll just make them. But there was another lady in the, the Bible study group that invested her $20 to make about these quarter pound or half a pound Easter eggs that are peanut butter and dipped in chocolate and decorated with all beautiful icing flowers. And after the end of a month, those 20 women had taken $400 and raised $10,000 for missions. How will the Lord find them serving faithfully? How will Jesus find you when he returns? Will he find you awaiting preparedly excited, enthusiastic? Will he find you serving faithfully? Robert Murray McShane lived to only be 29 years of age. I read this week of how Robert Murray McShane would often go around and he would talk to his pastor friends and he would ask them the question, do you think the Lord is coming tonight? And his friends that were pastors would sheepishly and quietly say, no. And then Robert Murray Machane would quote verse 40 and say, The Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Ready or not, Jesus is coming again. Are you ready? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're clear in your word that those servants of Christ who labor faithfully and devotedly in your service, every moment, expecting your com coming with joy, will encounter the greatest moment of joy in their life when they see their Savior face to face. 
So Lord, we pray that you would help us to not doubt your promise. Help us to not be lazy or lackadaisical. Help us not to be selfish or self-absorbed. But help us to be ready. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together this morning.